This podcast is made possible by the generosity of supporting members. Please visit dharmaocean.org to find out more about becoming a supporting member. You are listening to the Dharma Ocean Podcast. Here, Reggie describes the moment when we check out during experiences that are painful, unsettling, and disconcerting. He says such moments of intensity offer an opportunity to step through our fear and resistance, open to our feelings, and rest with the sacredness of the situation. This talk was given at the 2011 Winter Datun Retreat, held at the Blazing Mountain Retreat Center in Crestone, Colorado. To find out about the upcoming Winter Meditation Intensive, please visit dharmaocean.org. I want to encourage everybody to stay with the journey. As we do these practices, we begin to become less and less solid. And there's much more a feeling of flow. Sometimes when we have done like what we did yesterday, we look into our body and we actually can't find anything solid. We just feel we're empty and uh, we're open and there's a, there's energy. There's nothing really solid. And it's very interesting but it's also uh, disquieting because we're so used to pinning ourselves down and to coming to conclusions about ourselves. And that's a, a traumatic response. Hanging on to our thoughts is an addictive response. The ultimate addiction is our thinking. We hang on to it because the actual experience of being alive is so empty and so filled with energy. So this is a really unique opportunity, really, really unique for all of us. And I want to, I want to ask each person here to look at how we might be checking out of the journey. It's so interesting, a lot of times we could spend years preparing for this situation and then we get in it and, you know, we're in it for a while and then all of a sudden it, it's just, uh, it's opening up so much and there's so much uh, material coming up and there's a part of us that just wants to check out. So I just want to really encourage you at this moment to check back in. 
you know, ways of checking out might be You know, I mean, it's just like there's probably a different way of checking out for every person in the room. Phone calls that don't really need to be made. Um, talking during silence. Um, even when we're talking, using talk as a way to avoid what's going on with you. So, you know, where it's always a moment for us when things really start happening that in a way we don't want to be there, you know, we want to absent ourselves. One thing I want to strongly encourage you to do is please follow the instructions. You know, please follow the schedule. Please surrender to your rota shift. Please show up for Oriyoki and, you know, your serving shift. And please um, you know, when I give you practice instructions, please do them. I heard there are a few people who are doing other things here in the room. Please don't do that. It's such a shame. It's such a waste. You know, people going back and doing practices that they learned four years ago, or, you know, sitting here and doing mantras when the energy really builds up, or sitting here and doing um, IMT on yourself rather than being present. There's no particular... Um, exceptions. We all feel pressure and we all feel that we want to escape. And I'm just inviting you, you know, this is a moment. We're halfway through, through week two and this is a moment. It's time to check in or to check out. It's really, uh, it's really an edge for us. I think if we can gather ourselves together, if we can be fully present if we can stay with the lack of solidity that we're feeling and the flow and the experiences and the, um, the experiences include freaking out and having meltdowns and it's all like a river, you know, it's like when a river comes down the mountain, there's a river up here that we sometimes uh, meditate. It starts at about, uh, well, it probably starts at like 12,000, 13,000 feet, and it comes down, you know, above, above the center, and it comes down, and then it flows. And we go up to about, uh, sometimes um, in the summer, we go up to about uh, 10,500 feet, and we meditate. We do our Mahamudra practice up there. And, you know, sometimes this river flows very clear and open, and sometimes the river is hitting rocks, and it's, it's running into boulders and there's spray in the air. And really, you know, we can look at our journey like that, that it is uh, all of this amazing display. And, you know, I'm always telling the MIs, don't take it personally. You know, and they say, what? And I say, anything. You know, if a participant thinks you're the greatest thing in the world, don't take it personally. If one of the other MIs thinks you're a total asshole, don't take it personally. If you start to get ideas about yourself, don't take it personally. It's all a display. And I think, you know, when we have that attitude of um, being deeply rooted in the earth and being present, then whatever goes on with us, it's just really interesting. Wow, this is really interesting. I woke up and I feel like, you know, I feel like I'm breathing in, you know, solid air and I'm feeling like death or, 
you wake up and things are sparkling and then you get a phone call and you feel terrible. I mean, life, could we let our life free? Could we let ourselves feel whatever there is for us to feel without having to check out and resort to something else? You know, could we do that? That's the challenge. We have um, X number of years, right, to be alive. And what is human life? You know, what is it? What's it for? Maybe human life is for us to experience human life. What about that? Maybe that's the purpose. Every experience that we have, every single one, you know, we're sitting here judging and classifying and comparing, but every experience we have of whatever nature only happens once in our life. And if we aren't there for it, it's a part of our fundamental human existence that never happened if we're not there. The invitation of the Vajrayana is to take with utter openness and with a sense of sacredness everything that we go through and to show up for it and to be there and to dance with it, to let it be our partner in life in this journey. Everything that happens, every emotion every encounter, every experience, every situation. Why, why would we want to miss our life? Why would we want to, you know, we come here and we have an opportunity to really be here for it and to use the situation to show up in a very profound way. Why would we want to check out? Why would we want to? That's a really interesting question. Why do I want to check out? Why do I want to run to some little haven of safety? Why would I want to? I think, you know, when we look at that question, when every, every minute we want to check out, even at the level of wanting to pull out a piece of chewing gum and start chewing on it, or whatever it may be, it's interesting, you know, why would we want to? What's going on with us here? And then, when, if you're really willing to look into it, at that point you check back in. You've just checked back in by being willing to look at why you want to check out. So, um, you know, just from my side, wanting to strongly encourage you to be tremendously generous to yourselves, to be tender with yourselves, to make a huge amount of room for yourselves. And to do so in a state of being checked in. So somebody was saying, well, you know, aren't we open here? You know, um, are we open to everything? And my response is, we're open to everything except our neurosis. 
everything is welcome here except your neurosis. Do you see what I'm talking about? Because your neurosis is dead wood. Your neurosis is self-aggression. You're offloading onto other people is ultimately damaging to yourself. So everything is accepted here, we could say, except self-loathing and self-hatred and self-aggression. And that's not acceptable. It doesn't mean we won't work with it. But this is not, I think you know this, it's not like anything goes kind of situation. Anything goes, absolutely anything, except our neurosis and our self-aggression and our self-hatred. And we, of course, we all have that. And so we all have to work with ourselves and with our Sangha brothers and sisters so that, you know, there's a, a gradual sense of becoming more loving and more tender, you know, toward the person we really are. So um, overall, you're doing great. No problem. It's wonderful. And uh, at the same time, we could uh, open more and surrender more to the whole situation and have more trust in our own experience, in our own amazing human journey. When um, I first met Trung Rinpoche, I said, you know, Rinpoche, thank you so much, you know, for what you're giving me. You know, I feel like you've given me permission to be myself and you've given me permission to live and you've actually given me my life back. And I appreciate you doing this for me. And he said, well, I am doing it for you, but I'm doing it for you and it has to be a good journey and it has to be a thorough journey because only in that way will you do it for your students and only in that way will your students do it for their students. So there's really a, a sense of lineage here, of a lineage of life, lineage of freedom, lineage of unconditional love. And, you know, I am hard on you, and I do ask a lot, and I'm doing that for you, you know, so you can come into the abundance of your own life, but of course also it's so that you can, uh, so to speak, pass it on to others. So, tomorrow, um, from lights out tonight until tomorrow, uh, until actually Friday at lunch, we're having a silent period. And tomorrow night, I'm gonna, we're going to do some more Mahamudra practice. Are you up for that, by the way? Okay, just want to check in and make sure that, uh, don't overdo it. But if you're up for it, then I'm, I'm into it and we'll do it. Um, in terms of the silence, though, you know, we've already had one experience. Of, we've had actually several experiences, one longer one last week. And I want to encourage you to really explore and hold, hold within yourself during the period of silence and see what kind of space opens up for you when we do that. You know, when we are in silence, there's a lot of... Uh, opportunity for the lineage to communicate with us. The lineage has a lot of information for us individually. And in the periods of silence, it comes through. This um, gentleman over here in the, the beautiful, amazing picture of, uh, you know, 
the Lama doing Pele practice. That's Kensirimshe, who was this incredibly uh, realized and wonderful Nyingma master who died you know, 20 years ago, whenever. And he figured out that in periods of silence, the lineage was able to talk to him in a much more clear way. And so he said, okay, fine, I think I'll do 12 years. And that's what he did. He did, I think it was at least 12 years, maybe 16 years of silence. And uh, he said later it was the most intimate time of his life with the lineage that he felt that he was so close to them. And by being silent, he had made himself so available to them that they were with him and they guided him. And, you know, truly, a life that is a glorious life and a joyful life is when we feel on intimate terms with the lineage and we feel on intimate terms with the universe, that the universe is as close as our own heartbeat and we're, we're guided moment by moment and we're taught and we're loved and we're instructed and we are brought up short and when we have that kind of intimacy, in a way it's something that we've all looked for our whole life, everywhere, everywhere, where can I find that intimacy? And actually, it's already there, if we are willing to make room for it, you know, in our own mind, in our own state of being. And silence is one of the main ways you make room for the lineage. So, I'd really like to encourage you this week, uh, next week we're going to be doing a few days in a row of silence, I'd like to, um, you know, encourage you that the ideal lover, the ideal partner that you've always been looking for is in the silence. And very subtle, you know, any really um, deep partner, most of what goes on is not on the verbal level. As you may know, it's very, very subtle. And it's in a look it's in a touch, it's in a breath, it's in a heartbeat. And in the silence, we can find the lover we've looked for, the intimacy we've always wanted, is actually with life itself. So let's take the period um, from lights out tonight until Friday after lunch and really explore what it means to be in silence and to make ourselves available in that incredibly deep way. To listen to more of Reggie and Caroline's teachings, find out about upcoming retreats and online programs, and explore a variety of audio listening guides to assist you on your journey with somatic meditation, please visit dharmaocean.org.
Our music is by Jeff Beale and Nawang Ketchog from the album Tibet Cry of the Snow Lion. <laughs>